Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, celebrating 50 years of sharing God's unconditional love and grace. Welcome to the Gospel Truth broadcast. Welcome to a very special edition of the Gospel Truth. Don't limit God. He wants you to have an abundant life. God isn't angry at us anymore. The war is over. And I know that there's many of you who love God, but I tell you, there's a better way to pray. Everything that Jesus came to do, the power for it is released through the gospel, the good news, the nearly too good to be true news. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm continuing to teach on a brand new subject. I got a brand new book out entitled, Who Told You That You Were Naked? Got these two people <laughs> looking shocked. Uh, anyway, it's kind of a funny title, but this is the question that Jesus, or excuse me, God the Father asked Adam in the Garden of Eden. Who told you that you were naked? And before I get back into that, let me just mention once again that we are in transition. We're moving our offices from Colorado Springs up to Woodland Park, Colorado, and we've had to tear down our set. So at the moment, I don't have a set. We're using our lodge in Woodland Park at our Karis Bible College campus to make these programs. So we will be back in our set uh, fairly soon, but that's the reason for the background that you see behind me. So I've been teaching on who told you that you were naked. It's actually a study on the conscience. When Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that is descriptive of what a conscience does. I believe that tree gave them a conscience. And this conscience made them guilty before God. It caused shame, it caused fear, and it caused them to run from God. Now, those are all negative things. And we say that who would want to be condemned? Who would want to have shame? Well, they aren't pleasant things, but they serve a purpose. And I believe that God made the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the thing He told them not to eat of, because if they did violate His instructions, they needed this sense of guilt and shame. We need to know that we've sinned and come short of the glory of God. We need to know that we can't cleanse ourselves, that we are undone and that we need a Savior. There is a purpose to that. Let me read these verses out of 1 Timothy chapter 1. I've referred to this a number of times already, but it says in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and in verse 5, it says, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. This is what we're talking about. Who told you that you were naked? It's actually a study in the conscience. Notice it says that the end of the commandment is charity. That's talking about God's kind of love out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. If you don't have a clear conscience, a good conscience, a conscience that is ministering confidence instead of condemnation to you, well, then you aren't really experiencing what God intended for you to have. A lot of people have come to the Lord and have asked forgiveness and they have an assurance that they're going to go to heaven instead of to hell, but they live with a sin consciousness. And I've mentioned this a number of times already, but Hebrews chapter 10, verse 2 says that we should have no more conscience of sin. That is something that the average Christian doesn't even see as a positive thing, much less an obtainable thing. But that's what the Lord said. So this is said, this is the way we should live, out of a good conscience and a faith unfeigned. And then it goes on to say in verse 6, now this is old English, this is King James English, 
BUT I'LL EXPLAIN IT. IT SAYS, FROM WHICH SOME, HAVING SWERVED, HAVE TURNED ASIDE UNTO VAIN JANGLING. YOU KNOW, JANGLING IS JUST A WORD. IT'S A WORD THAT WE DON'T USE TODAY, BUT IT JUST MEANS THAT THEY'RE, THEY'RE JUST MAKING NOISE. THEY'RE, THESE ARE ARGUMENTS. IT'S JUST, IT'S WORDS TO NO PROFIT. IT'S USELESS. Uh, I DON'T KNOW EXACTLY HOW WE WOULD EXPRESS THAT TODAY, BUT THEY ARE JUST, YOU KNOW, THEY'RE JUST SAYING STUFF. IT MAKES NO SENSE WHATSOEVER. I'VE ACTUALLY BEEN AROUND SOME PEOPLE THAT I CAN HEAR THEM TALK FOR FIVE MINUTES AND WONDER, WHAT HAVE THEY SAID? THEY ARE MASTERS OF SAYING NOTHING, AND YET THEY SPENT A LONG TIME DOING IT. IT GOES ON TO SAY, DESIRING TO BE TEACHERS OF THE LAW, UNDERSTANDING NEITHER WHAT THEY SAY NOR WHEREOF THEY AFFIRM. BUT WE KNOW THAT THE LAW IS GOOD IF A MAN USE IT LAWFULLY. NOW THIS IS THE APOSTLE PAUL WRITING TO TIMOTHY. TIMOTHY WAS ORDAINED THE FIRST BISHOP OF THE CHURCH AT EPHESUS, AND PAUL PUT HIM THERE SO THAT HE COULD MINISTER TO ALL OF THESE PEOPLE WHO HAD BEEN BORN AGAIN. SO THIS IS THE APOSTLE PAUL TALKING TO HIS SON IN THE FAITH, TIMOTHY, THE PASTOR OF THE CHURCH AT EPHESUS, AND HE'S TELLING TIMOTHY HOW TO FUNCTION IN THE CHURCH, AND HE'S TELLING TIMOTHY THAT THERE IS A RIGHT USE OF THE LAW. NOW, THIS IS IMPORTANT. YOU KNOW, FOR DECADES, I TAUGHT ON THE GRACE OF GOD AND IT SEEMS LIKE, I KNOW THAT I WASN'T THE ONLY ONE, BUT THERE WEREN'T VERY MANY. I WAS ONE OF THE FEW THAT WAS TEACHING ON THE GRACE OF GOD, AND I HAD PEOPLE TELL ME THAT I WAS OF THE DEVIL AND COME AGAINST ME, AND I MEAN, FOR DECADES, IT JUST SEEMED LIKE I WAS ONE OF THE FEW VOICES THAT WAS pre PREACHING ON GRACE. NOW, GRACE HAS GAINED TRACTION, AND THERE ARE SO MANY PEOPLE BEING TURNED ONTO THE GRACE OF GOD THAT IT SEEMS LIKE THAT THERE'S LOTS OF PEOPLE PREACHING THE GRACE OF GOD, AND THERE'S SOME PEOPLE THAT HAVE GONE WAY BEYOND WHAT I'M TEACHING, AND THEY ARE NOW PREACHING THAT THERE IS NO HELL, THERE IS NO REASON TO LIVE HOLY, THAT there, THERE IS NO SUCH THING AS UNGODLINESS, THERE IS NO PURPOSE, NO STANDARD OF RIGHT AND WRONG, AND THEY HAVE JUST GOTTEN TO WHERE THEY'VE THROWN THE BABY OUT WITH THE BATHWATER. THEY GOT SO SET FREE FROM THE GUILT AND THE CONDEMNATION THAT HAS BEEN SO PREVALENT THAT THEY'VE GONE TO THE OTHER EXTREME. WELL, THIS IS PAUL TALKING TO TIMOTHY, HIS SON IN THE FAITH, TELLING HIM HOW TO CONDUCT HIMSELF IN THE CHURCH, AND HE'S TELLING HIM, NO, THERE IS A GOOD USE OF THE LAW IF YOU USE IT LAWFULLY. IN VERSE 9, KNOWING THIS, THAT THE LAW IS NOT MADE FOR A RIGHTEOUS MAN, BUT FOR THE LAWLESS AND DISOBEDIENT, FOR THE UNGODLY AND FOR SINNERS, FOR UNHOLY AND PROFANE, FOR MURDERERS OF FATHERS AND MURDERERS OF MOTHERS, FOR MANSLAYERS, FOR WHOREMONGERS, FOR THEM THAT DEFILE THEMSELVES WITH MANKIND, FOR MANSTEALERS, FOR LIARS, FOR PERJURED PERSONS, AND IF THERE BE ANY OTHER THING THAT IS CONTRARY TO SOUND DOCTRINE, ACCORDING TO THE GLORIOUS GOSPEL OF THE BLESSED GOD, WHICH WAS COMMITTED TO MY TRUST. SO PAUL IS JUST SAYING THAT THERE IS A PURPOSE FOR THE LAW, AND THAT PURPOSE IS TO PRODUCE A SENSE OF GUILT AND CONDEMNATION ON THE INSIDE OF PEOPLE TO SHOW THEM THEY STAND GUILTY BEFORE GOD AND THEY NEED TO REPENT. NOW, ONCE THEY COME TO THE LORD AND THEY GET BORN AGAIN, THEN THE LAW IS NOT THE WAY THAT GOD WANTS TO DEAL WITH THE NEW TESTAMENT BELIEVER. BOY, THESE ARE SOME RADICAL, RADICAL STATEMENTS THAT I'M MAKING. AWESOME. LET ME TURN OVER AND READ SOME SCRIPTURES BECAUSE, AGAIN, MOST PEOPLE BELIEVE THAT THE REASON GOD GAVE THE LAW WAS BECAUSE WE JUST DIDN'T KNOW WHAT WE NEEDED TO DO TO GET RIGHT WITH HIM. SO HE SAYS, ALL RIGHT, HERE IT IS, STEP ONE THROUGH 10,000. YOU DO THIS, 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 THIS. 
WELL, THE REASON GOD GAVE THE LAW WASN'T SO THAT WE COULD KEEP IT BECAUSE NOBODY COULD EVER KEEP THE LAW. THE REASON GOD GAVE THE LAW WAS TO SHOW US SUCH A STANDARD OF PERFECTION THAT WAS SO HOLY AND SO PURE THAT A SINFUL PERSON COULD NEVER KEEP IT. IT WAS TO MAKE US DESPAIR OF SAVING OURSELVES AND FORCE US TO THROW OURSELVES ON THE MERCY OF GOD. LET ME SHOW YOU SOME SCRIPTURES THAT WILL MAKE THAT POINT. IN 1 CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 15, AND IN VERSE 56, IT SAYS, THE STING OF DEATH IS SIN, AND THE STRENGTH OF SIN IS THE LAW. THIS IS AN AMAZING STATEMENT RIGHT HERE. HE SAYS, THE STRENGTH OF SIN IS THE LAW. WHY WOULD GOD GIVE SOMETHING THAT WOULD STRENGTHEN SIN INSTEAD OF STRENGTHEN US IN OUR BATTLE AGAINST SIN? NOW, THAT'S A, that's a BIG QUESTION RIGHT THERE. IT SAYS THE STRENGTH OF SIN IS THE LAW. WHY WOULD HE STRENGTHEN SIN? BECAUSE THE TRUTH IS THAT SIN HAD ALREADY CORRUPTED US. SIN HAD ALREADY POLLUTED US. THERE IS NO SUCH THING AS JUST A LITTLE POLLUTION VERSUS A LOT OF POLLUTION. YOU KNOW, IF YOU POLLUTE IT, IT'S POLLUTED. I REMEMBER A STORY A PASTOR ONE TIME TOLD ABOUT THAT HIS SON WANTED TO GO TO A MOVIE AND HIS FRIENDS WERE THERE AND THEY SAID, OH, IT'S OKAY. And, AND, YOU KNOW, HIS SON SAID, WELL, ALL OF THE OTHER KIDS FROM THE CHURCH, THEIR PARENTS ARE LETTING THEM GO. THERE'S JUST A LITTLE BIT OF BRIEF NUDITY, JUST A FEW WRONG WORDS, JUST A FEW SEXUAL THINGS. BUT OVERALL, IT'S A PRETTY GOOD MOVIE AND ALL OF THE OTHER PARENTS ARE LETTING THEIR KIDS GO. WELL, THE PASTOR SAID, NO, YOU CAN'T DO IT. BUT AS AN ALTERNATIVE, HE INVITED HIS SON TO BRING HIS FRIENDS OVER TO THE HOUSE AND THEY COULD PLAY AT THE HOUSE AND DO THINGS. SO THEY DID THAT. ANYWAY, THE PASTOR WENT IN AND HE FIXED SOME BROWNIES FOR ALL THE KIDS. AND AFTER THEY WERE PLAYING, HE WENT OUT INTO THE BACKYARD. HE HAD THIS PAN OF HOT BROWNIES. AND HE SAID, WHO WOULD LIKE A BROWNIE? AND BOY, ALL THE KIDS CAME RUNNING. AND HE SAYS, NOW, RIGHT BEFORE YOU EAT THIS, LET ME TELL YOU THAT THERE'S JUST A LITTLE BIT OF DOG POOP THAT I PUT IN HERE. THERE'S NOT MUCH. IT'S NOT GOING TO BE, YOU WON'T BE ABLE TO TASTE IT. IT'S NOT GOING TO MAKE YOU SICK. IT WON'T CAUSE ANY PROBLEMS, BUT THERE'S JUST A LITTLE BIT OF DOG POOP. DID YOU KNOW, NOBODY WANTED TO EAT THEM. YOU CAN'T JUST PUT A LITTLE BIT OF SOMETHING IN THERE AND MAKE IT OKAY. It's FOR THE PERSON WHO THINKS THAT, YOU KNOW, I, I'VE SINNED, YES, BUT I DON'T SIN A LOT. I BELIEVE GOD'S GOING TO ACCEPT ME. YOU ARE DECEIVED. YOU NEED TO RECOGNIZE THAT THE WAGES OF SIN IS DEAD. NOT THE WAGES OF MANY, 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 MANY SINS. YOU KNOW, IF YOU'RE A REALLY BAD SINNER, THEN THAT'S DEATH. NO, THE WAGES OF SIN, SINGULAR, SIN IS DEATH. JAMES 2.10, IF YOU KEEP THE WHOLE LAW AND YET OFFEND IN ONE POINT, YOU BECOME GUILTY OF BREAKING ALL OF THEM. THAT'S THE WAY THAT GOD LOOKS AT THINGS. AND WE NEED TO BE BROUGHT OUT OF THIS DECEPTION TO THINK THAT I'M A GOOD SINNER AND THAT CERTAINLY GOD'S GOING TO ACCEPT ME. NO, IF YOU HAVE SINNED, THE WAGES OF SIN IS DEATH. THE ONLY WAY YOU'RE EVER GOING TO GET RIGHT WITH GOD IS TO RECEIVE FORGIVENESS AS A GIFT TO BE RECEIVED, NOT A WAGE TO BE EARNED. YOU CAN'T EARN SALVATION. SO HOW DO YOU CONVINCE PEOPLE THAT, MAN, THEY NEED A SAVIOR? GOD GAVE THE LAW. YOU THINK YOU'RE GOOD? YOU THINK THAT BECAUSE YOU HAVEN'T DONE THIS AND THIS AND THIS, THAT MAKES YOU ACCEPTED WITH ME? LET ME SHOW YOU MY STANDARD. AND HE GAVE SUCH A STANDARD OF PERFECTION THAT NOBODY HAS EVER LIVED UP TO IT. THE LAW CONDEMNED US AND MADE US GUILTY BEFORE GOD, ROMANS 3.19. IT GAVE US A KNOWLEDGE OF SIN, ROMANS 3.20. AND HERE THE LAW STRENGTHENED SIN. IT BROUGHT US OUT OF THIS DECEPTION. DID YOU KNOW 
WHEN I WAS A KID, I DIDN'T UNDERSTAND THESE THINGS BASED ON SCRIPTURE, BUT I UNDERSTOOD THIS PRINCIPLE. IF YOU WANTED A PERSON TO DO SOMETHING, ALL YOU HAD TO DO IS SAY, WELL, YOU'RE A SISSY. YOU CAN'T DO IT. THOU SHALT NOT. I WOULDN'T HAVE USED THAT TERMINOLOGY, BUT IN A SENSE, THAT'S WHAT WE WERE DOING. YOU CAN'T DO IT. AND THE MOMENT YOU TELL A PERSON THAT THEY CAN'T DO SOMETHING, THERE'S SOMETHING THAT RISES UP ON THE INSIDE OF THEM THAT, BLESS GOD, I SHALL. I DON'T BELIEVE GOD INTENDED US. HE DIDN'T CREATE US TO LIVE UNDER RULES AND REGULATIONS. NOW THAT WE'VE SINNED, THEY ARE NECESSARY, BUT THERE'S SOMETHING INSIDE OF MAN THAT JUST HATES BEING TOLD THAT YOU'VE GOT TO DO THIS. YOU CAN'T DO THAT. YOU KNOW, WHEN I FIRST GOT MARRIED, uh, JAMIE ASKED ME TO TAKE OUT THE TRASH. AND IT WASN'T LIKE, WOULD YOU TAKE OUT THE TRASH? PLEASE TAKE OUT THE TRASH. IT WAS JUST, YOU KNOW, THE TRASH NEEDS TAKEN OUT. WOULD YOU TAKE OUT THE TRASH? SHE WASN'T MEAN WITH IT, BUT THAT WAS MY JOB. THAT WAS ONE OF MY JOBS WHEN I WAS A KID. AND MY MOTHER ALWAYS MADE ME TAKE OUT THE TRASH. AND AS A KID, I JUST DIDN'T LIKE IT. AND I WAS FORCED INTO DOING IT. IT WAS JUST ONE OF THOSE THINGS THAT I HAD TO DO. AND WHEN I GOT MARRIED, IT WAS LIKE, OH, GOD, I MARRIED MY MOTHER. <laughs> HERE SHE IS TELLING ME TO TAKE OUT THE TRASH. AND DID YOU KNOW, THERE WAS JUST SOMETHING IN ME THAT RESENTED IT. AND I HAD TO GET MY THINKING STRAIGHT AND REALIZE THAT, YOU KNOW, SOMEBODY NEEDS TO TAKE OUT THE TRASH AND THAT'S JUST GOING TO BE ONE OF MY JOBS. SO I DEALT WITH IT. BUT, uh, BOY, THAT REMINDS ME THAT TODAY WAS TRASH DAY AND I DIDN'T PUT OUT THE TRASH. I NEED TO CALL. <laughs> I'VE FAILED AGAIN. PRAISE GOD, THERE'S NO CONDEMNATION TO THEM WHO ARE IN CHRIST JESUS. BUT ANYWAY, you, THERE IS SOMETHING THAT JUST CAUSES PEOPLE TO RESENT BEING TOLD THAT YOU'VE GOT TO DO THIS. AND WHEN YOU SAY, THOU SHALT NOT, PEOPLE JUST SAY, BLESS GOD, I SHALL. GOD KNEW THAT THAT'S THE WAY THAT WE WERE MADE. SO FOR THOSE OF US WHO WERE SELF-RIGHTEOUS AND COMPARING OURSELVES AMONG OURSELVES AND THINKING THAT WE'RE REALLY PRETTY GOOD, GOD SAID, YOU THINK YOU'RE GOOD? THOU SHALT NOT. AND I GUARANTEE YOU THE VERY THING GOD COMMANDS YOU NOT TO DO YOU HAVE A DESIRE TO DO IT. I'VE SEEN PEOPLE BEFORE THAT GOT UP AND JUST STARTED HAMMERING AGAINST ADULTERY AND PREACHING AGAINST ADULTERY. AND DID YOU KNOW WHAT? IF YOU PREACH AGAINST ADULTERY, YOU WILL HAVE A RASH OF ADULTERY IN YOUR CHURCH. NOW, IT WILL STOP SOME PEOPLE FROM COMMITTING ADULTERY BECAUSE THEY'RE FEARFUL OF JUDGMENT, BUT IT WILL CAUSE... IT STRENGTHENS SIN IS WHAT THIS SAYS. THE LAW STRENGTHENS SIN. IT MAKES SIN COME ALIVE IS WHAT PAUL SAID IN ROMANS CHAPTER 7. SIN CAME ALIVE AND IT REVIVED AND I DIED. GOD KNEW THAT THAT WAS WHAT THE LAW WOULD PRODUCE AND THAT'S THE REASON HE GAVE THE LAW. NOT TO SET YOU FREE FROM SIN, BUT TO MAKE YOU IN BONDAGE TO SIN, TO AMPLIFY YOUR BONDAGE TO SIN SO THAT YOU WOULD QUIT TRYING TO SAVE YOURSELF AND YOU WOULD TRUST HIM FOR SALVATION. THAT IS HUGE. THAT IS REALLY IMPORTANT WHAT I'VE SAID. MOST CHRISTIANS DON'T UNDERSTAND THIS. AND SO BECAUSE OF A LACK OF UNDERSTANDING, WHAT THEY'LL DO IS ADMINISTER LAW TO PEOPLE AND IT DOESN'T REALLY SET THEM FREE AT ALL. IT JUST MAKES THEM IN BONDAGE TO THIS. LOOK AT OTHER SCRIPTURES HERE. SECOND CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 3. AND IN VERSE 6 IT SAYS, WHO HATH ALSO MADE US ABLE MINISTERS OF THE NEW TESTAMENT, NOT OF THE LETTER, BUT OF THE SPIRIT. FOR THE LETTER KILLS, BUT THE SPIRIT GIVETH LIFE. BUT IF THE MINISTRATION OF DEATH, WRITTEN AND ENGRAVEN IN STONES, WAS GLORIOUS, SO THAT THE CHILDREN OF ISRAEL COULD NOT STEADFASTLY BEHOLD THE FACE OF MOSES FOR THE GLORY OF HIS COUNTENANCE, WHICH GLORY WAS TO BE DONE AWAY, HOW SHALL NOT THE MINISTRATION OF THE SPIRIT BE RATHER GLORIOUS? 
IF YOU TAKE THIS IN ITS CONTEXT, HE'S TALKING ABOUT THE DIFFERENCE BETWEEN THE OLD TESTAMENT LAW AND THE NEW TESTAMENT GRACE. HE'S TRYING TO GET THE CHRISTIANS TO QUIT OPERATING UNDER A SYSTEM OF OLD TESTAMENT LAWS, KEEPING ALL OF THESE ORDINANCES AND STUFF, AND NOW OPERATE UNDER THE NEW TESTAMENT COMMAND OF LOVING OTHER PEOPLE THE WAY THAT CHRIST LOVED US. AND SO HE'S CONTRASTING THE TWO, AND HE SAYS IN VERSE 7 THAT THE MINISTRATION OF DEATH, WRITTEN AND ENGRAVEN IN STONES, LET ME ASK YOU, WHAT PART OF THE LAW WAS WRITTEN AND ENGRAVEN IN STONES? IT WAS THE TEN COMMANDMENTS. YOU KNOW, WHEN I'VE TAUGHT AGAINST THE LAW, I'VE HAD PEOPLE BEFORE COME AND SAY, WELL, THAT'S TALKING ABOUT THE CEREMONIAL LAW, THE KEEPING OF CERTAIN FEAST DAYS, WEARING phylacteries, WEARING YOUR DRESS A CERTAIN WAY, ROBES, AND GOING THROUGH ALL OF THESE JEWISH RITUALS. WE'VE BEEN, re we've been REDEEMED FROM THE CEREMONIAL LAW, BUT NOT THE LEGAL PART OF THE LAW. BUT THE ONLY PART OF THE LAW THAT WAS WRITTEN IN STONES IS TALKING ABOUT THE TEN COMMANDMENTS. YOU CAN GO OVER THERE IN EXODUS CHAPTER 20 AND READ THEM. AND IT SAYS, THE MINISTRATION OF DEATH WRITTEN AND ENGRAVEN IN STONES. SO THE TEN COMMANDMENTS BROUGHT GUILT. WHEN IT'S TALKING ABOUT DEATH HERE, IT ISN'T TALKING ABOUT PHYSICAL DEATH. IT'S TALKING ABOUT IT BROUGHT GUILT, CONDEMNATION, CONVICTION, SHAME, ALL OF THE THINGS THAT WE SAW IN ADAM WHEN HE RAN FROM GOD AFTER EATING OF THE TREE OF THE KNOWLEDGE OF GOOD AND EVIL. HIS CONSCIENCE CONDEMNED HIM, AND THE LAW MAKES THAT CONSCIENCE JUST START PRODUCING DEATH, CONDEMNATION, GUILT, AND SHAME. BUT IN CONTRAST TO THAT, THE MINISTRATION OF THE SPIRIT IS EVEN MORE GLORIOUS. AND THEN IN VERSE 9 IT SAYS, FOR IF THE MINISTRATION OF CONDEMNATION BE GLORY. AND AGAIN, THIS IS TALKING ABOUT THE OLD TESTAMENT LAW, AND IT CALLS IT ADMINISTRATION OF CONDEMNATION. IF THAT WAS GLORIOUS, THE MINISTRATION OF RIGHTEOUSNESS, BEING IN RIGHT STANDING WITH GOD, NOT THROUGH PERFORMANCE, BUT THROUGH FAITH IN WHAT JESUS DID FOR US, THAT'S EVEN MORE GLORIOUS. MAN, THESE ARE RADICAL STATEMENTS THAT I'M MAKING RIGHT HERE. AND PEOPLE DON'T UNDERSTAND THIS, BUT THE LAW ACTIVATES A PERSON'S CONSCIENCE. IT MAKES THE CONSCIENCE START CONDEMNING US. THERE IS A USEFUL PLACE FOR THAT, ESPECIALLY FOR A NON-BELIEVER. BUT ONCE YOU BECOME A BELIEVER, WE NEED TO GET AWAY FROM THE GUILT AND THE CONDEMNATION. WE NEED TO PURGE OUR CONSCIENCE FROM DEAD WORKS SO THAT WE CAN SERVE THE LIVING GOD. WE NEED TO PURIFY OUR HEARTS FROM AN EVIL CONSCIENCE. AND, UM, I'M GOING TO GET TO TALKING ABOUT THAT. YOU KNOW, LET ME GIVE YOU AN EXAMPLE THAT I WAS IN HOUSTON, TEXAS, AND I WAS MINISTERING IN A MEETING. IT WAS IN A HOLIDAY INN, AND WE HAD ABOUT TWO, THREE HUNDRED PEOPLE IN THIS MEETING, AND THE DOORS AT THE BACK OF THE AUDITORIUM WERE OPEN, AND THERE WAS A GUY WHO WAS STAYING IN THE HOTEL THAT JUST WALKED BY, AND HE STOOD THERE FOR A LITTLE BIT, AND LISTENED TO ME, BUT THEN HE CAME INTO THE MEETING AND STOOD THERE, AND HE STARTED YELLING SOME THINGS AT ME. AND HE WAS EITHER DRUNK OR HIGH ON SOMETHING. HE WASN'T REALLY COHERENT. AND I TRIED TO ANSWER HIS QUESTIONS, BUT IT JUST WASN'T WORKING, AND HE WAS DISTURBING THE MEDIAN. SO I JUST COMMANDED HIM. I, I SAID, SIT DOWN AND SHUT UP IN THE NAME OF JESUS. AND HE JUST PLOPPED DOWN JUST LIKE THAT. AND I WENT AHEAD AND FINISHED MY MESSAGE. AND AFTER THE SERVICE WAS OVER, YOU KNOW, I, I STARTED TALKING TO THIS GUY. AND I STARTED TELLING HIM ABOUT THE GOODNESS OF GOD. THAT GOD LOVES YOU. GOD CAN SET YOU FREE FROM WHATEVER IT IS THAT YOU, YOU KNOW, IF YOU'RE HIGH, IF YOU'RE DRUNK, uh, HE CAN SET YOU FREE. GOD CAN CHANGE YOUR LIFE. I KNOW THAT YOU NEED GOD, AND I WAS TELLING HIM ALL OF THESE THINGS, AND HE JUST STOPPED ME AND HE SAYS, I DON'T NEED GOD. I AM GOD. 
He says, I am God. And he started coming off with all of this weird stuff, thinking that somehow or another he was God. And um, so you know what I did? I used the law, administration of death, administration of condemnation. And I began to just take this. I took the law and spoke to his conscience, which Romans 1, 18 through 20 says, every man has this intuitive knowledge of right and wrong. Now you can deaden yourself to it. You can, you can change it, but it is there. And the law makes it come back alive. And I just took the law and I began to start beating this guy to a pulp. I said, you are a stink in the nostrils of God. And I just started showing him what the word of God says, how that all of sin comes short of the glory of God. And within just a few minutes, this guy who was proclaiming himself as God was sitting there crying, and, oh, God, have mercy on me. See, that is the purpose of the law. For people who think that somehow or another they don't need God, whether they go as far as to say that I am God, but just thinking that I don't need God. I'm not like other people. You know, this old Pharisee syndrome, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, like this publican over here. I fast twice in the week. I pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin. I'm better than this man. See, we still have religious Pharisees that are alive and well today thinking that somehow or another God owes them something because they haven't gone out and raped and murdered. But all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How do you bring a person out of that deception? You take the law and you start using this ministry of death, this ministry of condemnation. It makes sin come alive. It stops their mouth, all of their excuses. It makes them guilty before God. It gives them a knowledge of their sin. See, that's what the law was meant to do. The law didn't give you knowledge of God. It didn't bring you closer to God. It gave you knowledge of your sin. If you did 99 things right out of 100, the law would not issue you a single compliment. It would never say, way to go. You only missed one out of 100. No, the law would focus on the one thing you did wrong. The law is not intended to build you up and to encourage you. It was intended to produce death, as it says here, 2 Corinthians 3, 7. Produce condemnation, as it says in 2 Corinthians 3, 9. That is the purpose of the law. And sad to say, most Christians, New Testament Christians, are still living under the teaching of the law. The church as a whole has not understood that the law was given to bring us to Christ. It was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. But once we come to Christ, we aren't under the law anymore. Let me use this verse out of Galatians chapter 3, and that's nearly a word-for-word -word quote of what this was all about. Galatians chapter 3, verse 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? See, some people could think that from some of the things I'm saying. God forbid, if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up, unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. In other words, the law's purpose was to shut us up, to condemn us, and so that the only way we could look was up. Now that Jesus has come, you are not supposed to be living under the law any longer. 
Sometimes a gift. Once upon a time, many years ago, in the ancient land of Persia, can change your life forever. forever. to generation, one family searching for the heart of Christmas. Andrew would like to offer you the Heart of Christmas DVD for just $25. Order your copy today at awmi.net. If you enjoyed today's program, you can watch this entire series and over 17 years of Andrew's TV and radio broadcasts free for you to download and share with others by going to awmi.net. awmi.net is where to find encouragement when you're discouraged. awmi.net is where to find biblical truth when you need strength. You can always count on awmi.net for sharing God's unconditional love and grace. We hope you enjoyed this edition of The Gospel Truth. Andrew would like to extend a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible for us to broadcast this message consistently all around the world. Because of your contributions, we've been able to put free ministry materials into the hands of millions in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. Let me mention once again that I've got a brand new book entitled, Who Told You That You Were Naked? This is actually a study in the conscience. It wasn't God that told Adam he was naked. It wasn't the devil. It was his conscience, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I not only have the book, but I have CDs, and I also have DVDs that were taken from our television program. And I tell you, this teaching would really, really help you to have a confidence and an assurance and a boldness with God. So listen to our announcer as he gives you information how you can receive this product. Andrew's teaching titled, Who Told You That You Were Naked? is available in a four-part CD album or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. You can also get this teaching in book form. The teaching highlighted in today's series is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, seven days a week at awmi.net. 
We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of December, Andrew will be hosting a special holiday production titled The Heart of Christmas at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park. The Heart of Christmas is an unforgettable mix of modern day and biblical stories with heartwarming, familiar seasonal songs and American traditions that represent the true meaning of the season. And in January, to welcome in the new year, Andrew will be in Glendale, Arizona for the annual Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net.